Ms. Pryor, she touched on a lot of the subjects that I wanted to ask you all, so I'm going to be brief. When it comes to the children involved in, in a situation at school, and you all know right then and there, once you've spoken to whoever the accuser is, the alleged victims, when it becomes a criminal matter, what, is, what actually takes place? I felt like we was being placed into a fear tactic. I was there for an hour and 10 minutes before anyone came out there. And when the person did come out there, she came out there with a clipboard asking for the young man to write a statement. I asked her for what? She told me that she wasn't able to give me much details. Just know that he's been accused of inappropriate touching a child. I was like, okay, but he needs more details so he can be able to defend himself. She said she wasn't able to give me that at that time. She's still investigating. She will be back. The last time, I, next time I seen her, it was time for her to question my son, which made it exactly two hours and a half minutes. And by the time they, me, my son, and my husband got back there, his citation was already written before the line of questioning. She couldn't supply, give me any information, but when I handed over the, the text, when the alleged victims reached out to the accused, she told me she could not give any, any information to me, his mother, so I can help him be able to decipher what needs to be put down and ask him, what did, why do they think you did this? There, is there anyone else can verify that you did not do X, Y, Z? She could not give me that information, but she gave the alleged victim the text. She allowed her to read them, and then she allowed her to retract yeah, yeah. what she said to the accused. We in here. We in here. Yeah, we in here. Because we been here. Ride straight down many five and look around. You probably find me. Most likely, I'm in here. Yeah. Ride straight down many five and look around. You probably find me. Most likely, I'm in here. Yeah. We in here. Yeah, we in here. Because we been here. Been of us now. We in here. Yeah, we in here. Because we been here. Been of us now. We in here. Yeah, we in here. Because we been here. Been of us now. And you know we in here. That's it. Good afternoon and happy Monday to all party people out in the place to be. My name is Miss Laureen and I am your hostess with the mostless, the one that's in the driver's seat for this podcast we call Black versus the Board of Education. So right before we get started, um, I'm not sure where Matt is, but I'm going to go ahead and throw it to uh, my young ladies and let them introduce themselves. Let's go ahead and start with Miss Anaya. Hi, everyone. My name is Anaya, and I'm currently a junior in high school. Perfect. Welcome. And Melissa did something with the blonde streak because now she came back with red hair. Uh, Melissa, go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> Hi, I'm Melissa, and I am a sophomore in high school. Sophomore. Okay, okay. Uh, Miss Jada also got some red in her hair. Y'all feeling kind of feisty today. I see you. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, guys. My name is Jada, and I am a homeschool junior in the Sacramento area. And what I like to refer to as my new one of my new co-pilots, uh, he brings the male perspective and all the howling and all that other stuff he does. Go ahead, Matt. Say hey, hey, hey to the folks. <laughs> oh, and you on mute. So let's try that again. Oh, <laughs> my man, guys, this you got Matt Grady, aka M16 of M16 and a full moon wolves. Ain't a soul in the me with the flow. I can promise you that there for sure. If you can't tell, then you slow. Well, I'm gonna continue to let them know. One of the greatest they ever do with the round here. You ain't know what to now you know. Nah, I ain't even playing the round here. Tell me somebody better you know. I'll wait. Okay. <laughs> wait, look at their faces. He's he he's off the hook. We already know how Matt gets down. I was waiting. <laughs> you was waiting. Okay, Somebody. let me let me get back to you. Oh, okay, <laughs> we'll get back to that. We'll get back to that. <laughs> thank thank you for having me as always, ladies. Thank you, thank you so much. And yeah, we're excited uh, that you're back because we we got to continue our conversation from last week. Miss Juliet is back in the building. But before we get to that, I have to uh, just give a couple of quick shout outs. Um, you know, Trinity was running to be the Elk Grove uh, student board member for the Board of uh, Education. Um, she did not uh, make it. 
However, we wanted to just give her kudos for a job well done, for even getting out there and putting herself out there to campaign for that seat, even though at the board meeting they did not acknowledge her um, as one of the students who really led the effort of doing the bylaws and everything. We acknowledge her here. So shout out to Trinity for stepping up and trying to lead in this district where they need some damn help. Yay. Amen. So with that, um, I believe Didi was also running for something. She was running for a student uh, member uh, or junior class member or what was it? Junior class rep, junior class rep. And she did get that. So shout out to Didi. Again, the ladies are stepping up to lead in spaces uh, where they're not always uh, welcome. Uh, but we we want to acknowledge that they actually, you know, put themselves out there to uh, really step into a place um, and to be the voice for all the other students. So shout out to them. Um, Y'all, there's been a lot going on um, in the last week and a half. We've probably received five complaints um, ranging from anything from teacher administrator targeting to folks who are getting jumped on campuses to uh Folks that uh, schools are not testing vaccinated kids for COVID, only unvaccinated kids, and, and the vaccinated kids are coming down with COVID. Um, so if mom wouldn't have known that, she wouldn't, you know, if she wouldn't have taken to get a test on her own, she would not have known that. So we got issues in our schools, and it doesn't seem to be getting any better. Uh, anything going on at y'all school that we should know about? Anybody want to say anything? Yes, no, maybe so? Okay, Miss Anaya, what's your hand up for? I have a positive thing. Okay, let's go. We like positive um, too. So me and a few of my friends made homecoming court. So <laughs> that's exciting. Come on, Miss Anaya. Yeah, nothing nothing bad is happening, I don't think I've heard of. So Well, that's good. So did you so you made homecoming court? So are you a homecoming princess or how does that work? No. Um hopefully not yet. Hopefully I make it. So they choose, there's top five out of the whole grade. So then the people are going to get crowned. Two people are going to get crowned at the homecoming game on Friday. All right. So we look forward to you coming back and telling us that you made queen or something spectacular like that. We'd love to see it. Um, shout out to you. Come on with the royalty. We already know what it is, though. Um, so we're back with part two of our conversation from last week. And I'm going to bring Miss Juliet on. Um, I see her camera still off, so hopefully she'll turn it on when she hears me talking about her. Um, but this is a situation that actually came out of um, a school district near here um, where this young man, her son, was uh, accused of sexual assault. And he was basically put through the ringer. And so we want to talk to her kind of about the impact of that. Last week, we covered kind of what happened, um, how uh, BYLP got involved. But we really wanted to bring mom back because there's another side of that that we did not get to cover. And that is the impact of such allegations on these young people and um, how their families have to go through and deal with it. So, Ms. Juliet, first of all, go ahead and introduce yourself so, you know, the folks who weren't here last week can know uh, who you are and all that good stuff. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Juliet Bay. I am the mother of Micah Taylor. Unfortunately, he's not here with us today, but I will definitely go more in depth of details how it affected us emotionally and how traumatized he yeah. was. Um, Micah was not able to make it today because of just rehashing what happened last week. It took him into a little zone to where for like two days, he was just emotionally depressed. Um, yeah. Crime night, stuff like that. So. Well, and, I, and that's one thing, that's actually one thing that I wanted to kind of go over because it was visible to me that he was kind of having a hard time recounting, you know, everything that was going on. Um, but I think that this is the real part of it that people need to see, right? Because a lot of times we think that, oh, okay, well, they got suspended. Oh, everything is good. Everything don't went on with their life. There's no impact um, that is sustained by these children because they're so-called resilient. Um, but we want to put that to bed. And, you know, I, I certainly 
uh, agree with him not being here today because we didn't want to further traumatize him by making him relive every sordid detail. Um, but if you could for us, um, can you kind of go into detail more about how he was feeling, not just, you know, based on the last episode, can you kind of give us a little bit more details because this is something that he is going to live with for a very long time. Okay, so after the show, I seen it in his face. So I kind of like just gave him his face and I was just like, well, my sister, get yourself together and, you know, we got school and work in the morning. By two o'clock, it was two-ish, almost close to three o'clock, he came in my room crying, couldn't sleep. He was like, he asked me, is he going to always feel this way? And I said, son, I don't know. I pray you don't, but I can't really give you an answer on that because this is something you went through. Like, it affected both of us because I'm your mom, but I wasn't the one that was being accused of anything. I was just the one that was fighting for you. It's a difference. And I was just like, I, you know, and I told him, I was just like, we can go back to counseling if that's what you need so you can, because he has to talk about it. He cannot hold this in. It's, it's because, like I told him, with Mike is being an inspired artist, eventually you're going to have to tell your story before someone else tell your story. Because if someone else tell your story, it's not going to be your story. And then we're going to have to go in and backtrack what they said, or then it's going to be more of you defending yourself versus you just telling what actually occurred. Yeah, and, you know, nice and he, he, he was feeling, you know, depressed at school. I picked him up early, came home. The next night he didn't sleep as well, you know, and I just let him get in bed with me, and he just cried. He cried for two nights. So have you put him back in counseling? Because, again, this is one of those situations where, um, you know, you said what now? I said yes. He will, he he starts counseling on next Monday, so he's going back into counseling. Um, I told him what you have is PTSD, um, and, and it's real, and it's different levels of it. And I was just like, before it gets to the extent where, like, cause he have a lot of good days. It's but I can tell the days when his mind goes back to that situation. He don't want to talk. He don't want to eat. He just stays in his room. So, and so you know. when when we're talking about this stuff and, you know, it seems like, and even before you guys moved to Florida, it seemed like um, the administration and, and the folks involved kind of went on with their life um, <laughs> after this happened, right? Um, can you tell us, you know, what was it like for you as his mother um, to try to keep him from falling apart in the midst of these allegations that were swirling around about him? Well, I'm not gonna lie, Lorraine. It, it was hard for me and him. And it was days where I can't keep myself together to where I would have to go in the bathroom and cry so he won't feel like, oh my gosh, my mom is breaking down right now. Like, I just didn't want him to feel like I couldn't be strong enough for the both of us. But even after the situation occurred, he was he was still having to deal with not the allegation part, but the consequences of the allegations due to the fact that Micah was tired of fighting this case because it, at this time it was almost a year of us in court. Um, so. He just he his lawyer was his lawyer and not my lawyer. So his lawyer left it up to Micah. I don't majority of the charges got dropped. That one charge was he took a guilty plea to. And so when we came to Florida, Micah was still up under the law. He had to be on place on probation here. And so when you when you say he took a guilty plea, what did he plead guilty to? Just battery. Because in the midst of the school situation, when 
he ran to her as I, you know, told you all last week, trying to stop her and ask what's going on. He grabbed her arm. And so that's where the battery charge came in at. And because of the, the I allowed them to question my kids, he admitted to that. And California just wouldn't let that go. The state of California, they wanted to have, they wanted to keep their foot on his neck. Although they, they didn't have any type of sympathy of the fact that this boy was terrified, he was scared, he needed to know what was going on, they still wanted to hold that one little charge over his head. And that was because he grabbed her arm to ask her a question, they, that is the, the charge that stuck. Right, the assault and battery charge. Assault and battery. Yes, it was it was assault and battery, but they dropped it down to just battery. Hmm. Because he pleaded. Did they intimidate him into dropping a plea or something? Um, uh, you can say they intimidate when you when you have a fourteen year old starting at thirteen from fourteen in court on um, house arrest. From the time they pick they pick the charges up in December late in January, they picked the charges up in January and the court would be, we was done in late October. I'm pretty sure so if I go tell my 14 year old over and over, you did it, you did it, it's your fault, it's your fault. Eventually they're going to give in and say the same thing. Okay. Yeah. His, he was tired. He, he, he was tired. That's what I, I told his boy. You know he was imagine. tired. He said he was yeah. tired and he was ready to come home to his grandmother. And he just wanted it to be over with. So, and I think that we have to be honest about it. A lot of times our kids, they take these pleas or our people take these pleas because they're told that if you take these pleas, it won't be as much or as harsh as a sentence if you were convicted, right? And so with this young man who just wanted this situation over, um, he went into high school with this, right? He started in junior high. And he went into high school with this hanging over him. So you can just about imagine, um, I just wanted to, I mean, what I need to say to make it go away, right? But um, I think that we never really think about the impact that that decision has on them in the long run, cop into something. And I, I think you're saying something, what you said? Uh, yeah, I was just agreeing with what you're saying, as in his future, and and that and that is one of the things that when he do think about the situation, he, he feels frightened inside about his future. I wanted to I say something about him being an artist, as far as that, because you said his future. Um, and this is my opinion and professional experience, because I know it's hard to tell a person you understand if you haven't been through something. But in two parts, I understand this, and that's why God God is so good. It is safe for us all to say that that young man is loved and has support, correct? Correct. And because he has that, he needs to understand that no matter what anyone has to say about him, that'll always be there, number one. Number two, because there are young men out there who are either incarcerated, dead, or don't have these type of people in their corner, he is now a beacon and a voice for those young boys. Mm. So what could be they think is writing him off, they just put him on a pedestal because there's black boys and black young men like me that are, that are in my mid thirties who are now looking up to him. And I'm an artist and I want him to have my number because like I said, his story that he's afraid of is his story that everybody's gonna wanna know him for. That's what I told my kids, I said, son, eventually you're going to have to tell your story i'm going to want i want to touch him just to say that he exists I, I touched him i know him like i shook his hand you know it's like he is an he's an honorable guy that we want to all know that we want to all see when and he has to only think about and appease to those people and yes with with the system wise it, it'll mess with him getting jobs here and there maybe but he want to be an artist and an entrepreneur anyway so he don't need them mic drop And it don't matter what kind of piece of paper on his name when he running his own business and he got his own story and his own demand, he's gonna win. He's got a uh, he's got a life of of ahead of him. This is a lot of pain in this moment. This small amount of time that they that they decided that they're gonna do this to this boy 
they just gave him a, a legacy of a voice. And if he has to spin it that way and see it that way and stand tall knowing that no matter what, there's people behind me that love me. And like I said, there's people out there that they can't do that because there's no one to back them. There's no one that cares about them. There's no one that supports them. But he got a whole team. He got a whole show. He got Lorene. That's like 100 people in one. <laughs> and, and he's just got to use that. Please have him don't after the sh get get my information he don't gotta follow me he can call my phone i'm talking about features advice mentorship this is not a gimmick i don't say that just to anybody but it's about relationships in this industry and he makes good relationships i'm gonna get off this because we, we i mean this this show isn't about the music but it's about relationships and he builds those relationships people are gonna deal with them because they like him damn what somebody got to say about him facts and I want to bring the young ladies into this because I think we, we were talking last week after the show and you guys were saying that you were watching him as we were talking about the situation. Um, what was going through your mind um, as, you know, the details were coming out? You know, what were you thinking? And I'll start with Melissa. Um, I had a lot to say last week, but I was so sad and hurt that it was taking a lot for me to be able to even voice what I wanted to say. So in just seeing him, because I've met Mikey, I think once on Zoom before he came to a BBSN meeting and he's hilarious and he's has so much energy. And so then to hear what these people in the court are saying about him, it doesn't line up. So it, it, it just hurt me. And so it was taking a lot of my energy and it was draining me emotionally to even be hearing that and trying to align that with the person that I have met before. So it, it hurt a lot. Anaya? So during the podcast last week, I could tell that, um, like Melissa was saying, like his body language was off. Um, he wasn't bubbly or lively at all. And during the whole podcast, my heart was just heavy. And I just like was in shock because of the new things I was hearing. And, you know, I could just tell like him saying that was bringing up old feelings for him just because of how he was speaking and his body language. Yeah, Jada? Um, I think I had made the statement before, um, but I did say I wasn't talking because I was actually trying to hold back tears because I felt like if I had said something, I would have cried on live and it would have been just so emotional for me um, because I got to know Mikey as a person and it kind of just like hurt my heart to, excuse me, to have to hear about how this traumatic experience has had such an impact on his life, especially somebody who's younger than me. He had experienced this at 13 and it's just like, dang, it's, it just, it was just really, it weighed heavy on my heart. And so as, as the girls are talking, Miss Juliet, I can't help but notice that you're tearing up right now um what what what's going through your mind right now okay we'll come back to you just go ahead and take your time um because this is this is real right this is this is the impact of what happens when our children are treated um inhumanely um and and you know if she didn't find, you know, a safe place or, you know, didn't connect to a community of people who would come to war on her behalf, um, you know, he may still be stuck here. Um, and so as the girls are talking, um, you know, we, oh, we had God. talked, yeah, we had talked about it, you know, after the show last week, young ladies, and we were talking about um, things that go on on campus and, and the, the fact that it's normally the first person who gets to the office with their narrative um, that kind of determines the trajectory. And now you got all my babies about to cry. Um, <laughs> and I'm not laughing at the situation. Um, again, you know, sometimes I just laugh. I don't know if that's out of uh, um, anxiety or what, but um, seeing the girls, uh, emotional and seeing you emotional Juliet um I'm trying to put it pull it together myself because we got this show to do 
Juliet, um, your love for him is gonna overpower their hate. Yeah. And he's got support. I'm a fan and I don't even know his music yet. And I'm gonna be bragging that I know him. And you can you can play him back that I said that, and I ain't the only one. All right. he gotta do is stay strong and use that voice when he's ready so, to use that voice. Or he can just be a child because that's the that's the problem that's that I, I have. That's why I say when he's ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they expect our children to be resilient in in the face of these injustices. They have, they want them to turn the other cheek. They want to because they're they've gotten on with their lives. They expect this young man at what he was 13, 14, to be able to have the skills and the coping mechanisms that they have as adults. And that is not real life. Real life dictates that he is going to feel this for some time. Um, and they need to be held accountable for their overreach. Because like I said before, they don't have investigative experience. They don't have good damn common sense. They jump to conclusions because they have a thought in their mind that our children are guilty before they are proven innocent. They do not give them deference. And this is why we fought so hard to get him up out of California um, because it, was, it wasn't right. And it's not just him that is experiencing these things in, in school system. As a matter of fact, I almost got brought in uh, for a group of three black boys who were accused of sexual assault. That would have been my third, fourth, and fifth case of sexual assault since I started working as an advocate. And what I can tell you is you got people playing SVU, Law and Order, SVU. You got them making split-second decisions with no real evidence because they are not investigators. They are lay people like the rest of us. I mean, they acting like they've seen a row of the movie Rosewood. Well, I don't know that movie, but that's oh, one of the massacres, the, right? The same plot where a, a, a old white man raped a woman and she ran out the house and said it was the black boy because she didn't want to tell on the guy. And, okay. the, and, and the whole community went hell from there. Mm. Right. Because the woman didn't never want to tell the truth about what really happened. Yeah. And um, Juliet, I hear you saying something. Uh, you're very, very low, though. Maybe if you take, let's try with your air, AirPods out. Um, because you're very, very low and we're trying to hear you. Try again. It's just ignorance. Man. It's just something going on with the audio. I can hear you a little bit. So while we're waiting for her to uh, click back in. Um, so, so young we, ladies. We vote, we vote, we are able to vote these people state to state, district to district, the community is able to vote um, some of these people on the board who decide who the superintendents are and the principals and stuff are yes or no, or or is it, or they, um, just, hire, or they just hire like employees on a school by school basis? So if you're talking about the board, the board is the only elected position that exists. The superintendent works for the board. He is their only employee. Um, everybody else in the district works for the superintendent. Um, so if there is a problem with the culture of a district, it would be smart for the community to lean on the board to get rid of the superintendent to bring somebody else in there with some sense. Because so it's on that's how that has to work. Okay. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we don't we don't elect superintendents. Uh, we don't have much say over who they hire. Um, and, and that's unfortunate because a lot of times in any other industry, if your numbers don't improve, they toss your behind out. So, so, so the only way is to elect board members who give a promise and uphold their promise to hire with integrity and equality, correct? That will be the only way. That situation. That's that's the only that's one of the only ways. Yes, um, and I think that we have too many complacent board members. We have board members who don't know their job. Let's be clear, they don't know the job, and so they're leaning on the expertise of this person that is their employee. Their employee should not be running the district. So their the employee should be taking their from them, huh? An employee can just say, "I got this. I know what I'm doing," and they'll say, "Okay, cool." That's what I've seen. 
Uh, you don't need that board position. If you need, if you're just doing it just for funds or whatever you're doing it for. Well, it's normally a step. That's one of those things where it's a stepping stone to the next political move. Right. So there's the stepping stone. They normally go from board of educations to maybe city council to maybe legislature to maybe Senate or well, legislators, assembly and Senate. And then some people have aspired to be the governor. Right. Some people um, are more about getting in bed with politics than actual education and the youth and equality and any of that that they're even in position for. Yeah. And, and we have to we have to call that out. It's Who a, it's a these people? We don't know. <laughs> That's a question that that I think, you know, begs to be answered. So, Miss Julia, did you did you get your sound back up? Yes. Oh, that's great. Okay. So, what were you saying? <laughs> um, I was referring to what what Mike was saying, what Matt was saying as in referencing Rosewood and I was like yes Mikeus was used as the example to get their school in order he was mm -hmm. the new kid there for only what a month and a half close to two months and he was used as an example because they was not able to control the situation that was going on at their school as I referenced last week slap no touch thigh Thursday. Thigh slap Thursday, slap ass Friday. Slap ass Friday. That was something, and as me and Lorraine learned, that was something that's been going on years and years and years back because the uh, board, uh, what was his position on no, the No, no, he wasn't on the board. He worked He worked in the district. Oh, he, he worked he, in the district. Yeah, uh -huh. and, and what he said. He doing that at, when, at his age, and I'm just like, yeah, well, my son is being penalized as if he just murdered someone. Yeah. And what did I ask him when he said that he's been playing this game for a long time? You remember what I asked him? No. I said, how many times have you been arrested? Yeah, how many times have you been arrested? <laughs> and to which he replied, oh, never. Never. So it's not the same, right? It's not the same. No, it's not the same. Mike was definitely used as an example. And yeah. then if you remember, we also asked how many students had been charged arrested. in this fashion. And at first they said they couldn't give me that information. And I said, I don't need the names. I need the numbers. And what did they tell me? None. None. No, Mike was the first. He was the first. So he why is first. it okay for the overreach on our children when they don't do the same with theirs? Right. He, yeah. And, and that was one of my concerns with the vice principal who actually handled this situation. She never looked into it. She didn't give Mike the opportunity, didn't give him a chance to get witness that he never done that to her. They never even really told him his allegations of the allegations that was brought against him. They was just asking little simple questions and I'm just not simple, but it was questions, but not in detail, not in depth. Like they was protecting her from the get go without even knowing the other side of the, the situation mike was never a factor of trying to it was never a factor for them to try to help mike out everything was based on this young lady which they knew she had troubles from the get-go she's been going to that school since she was in sixth grade they know that her mom had to come there several times to punish her they know that she had problems cutting herself this was not no secrets of this little girl issues but as soon as she hollered assault, he touched me. Everybody jumped on her bandwagon. Mm. Uh, Miss Juliet, there's a question for you in the chat. It says, what have you done for self-care? What help have you sought out? Uh, remember, it's important for you to take care of yourself as well during this time. So what have you done for your self-care? I haven't done anything. I need yes, you have. Yes, you have. You got up out of California. Oh, yeah, besides getting out of California. <laughs> because, listen, I am, Lorraine can tell you all, when I was in California, I was drained. I always looked exhausted and tired. I lost weight. It was just a lot. But when I moved back here about a month or two in, I was able to breathe. I was yeah. able to breathe. And it felt like I was holding my breath for a year, never knowing what can happen because they always held it over his head that they can bring him in and let him do his what not time but let him be 
incarcerated until his trial is over with. Mm. It mm. was always that conversation, always that that feeling they gave him when they knock on the door every Friday to come see him. Every Friday. Every Friday we seen a probation officer. And that was a probation officer before he even had before, a trial. Or... He even had a trial, doing a trial. It was just a lot. Like, soon as the prosecutors, the state of California, decided to pick the case up, he was placed on home supervision, might as well say home arrest, without the ankle monitor. Mm. And that was the uh, DA's office, yes? Yes, that was the DA's office. The DA's office in the juvenile probation decision. And so what I need parents to understand, again, when your child receives a citation or whatever during the course of talking to anybody on campus, they are simultaneously thrust into two different discipline systems, the education system, the discipline system in the education, and the juvenile justice system. That says that they get a probation officer before they are ever convicted of a crime. So everybody is getting touches, right? And and for me, it comes down to money. Every that's department gets about. a touch. And everybody has... So you got the counselors, you got the people who are writing up the orders, you got the probation officers, you got uh, school personnel, you know, like all these people are getting touches on this black body. And I'm going to say it just like that because it is what it is. We understand that the criminal justice system is is a continuation of slavery, right? Yeah, and in, in a them, that's more money for that bed. Right. The money keeps the money keeps going. It's a couple. It's what over. I think five figures for every bed they can fill. Or over ten grand for every bed. Right. So, yeah. And so, Miss Juliet, what else have you done for for self care? Because I want to make sure we get this this in here. Because there there are other parents whose sons, you know, are are going through this process currently um what advice or what what are you doing for you um to enable you to breathe like you were saying i haven't done anything physically but just being able to see micus not stressed not crying not waking up in the middle of the night not feeling suicidal not feeling like somebody he's going to be incarcerated like i said they held that over his head the whole time and he's going to be touched and somebody's going to bother him while he's incarcerated once like i said two months in once i realized that he, he's done is done he's out of the clear and on those terrible harsh charges i was able to breathe i was um, I need more self-care. I, I need to be able to maintain myself. But because I know Mike is still have this situation embedded in his head, it's hard to. It's, mm. it's really hard. Um, I do want you to share with him this, though. It, it, um, and also keep this in your mind. That's to scare him, but from a street perspective and, and a hood perspective, when it comes to street code, even if they were to God forbid Bogart him like that and the prison system, that little story that someone gonna do something to him, that's addressed to like molesters and very heinous, you know, people like that. For his kind of story, I, I truly believe and I know that there's not a black man alive who wouldn't understand and be on his side, especially at his age. Hmm. You know, if he were to be in that situation. And I and I'm saying from my perspective as a man. And I'm sure I, I can speak for any other man that is involved in the streets or knows street code would, would be on his side. And, you know, like, you know, young man, this is, this is how the game is. You got to stay away from it versus looking at him like, oh, you're a monster. We ain't, you know what I'm saying? We don't rock with you type of thing. And I, and I know they tried to put that narrative in his head to make him, to really put him against the wall and jack his head up. But um, he, he, he is a chosen one. I, I, I appreciate and admire your support for him once again. And uh, y'all got to just stay on your mental health. You know, let let him get in his music outlet. You know, let him network. 
you know, that's gonna that's gonna help him a lot. Like right now, he already got a relationship, you know, so that's gonna help him. He's got a, he's got a network, rub some shoulders. Yeah, and I think that again, with our children and the way that they are siphoned into these these systems, right? Um, it's going to take more than just a musical outlet. Unfortunately, that's yeah. that's the easy thing. Sometimes some some of our kids get into sports, right? It's going to take the willingness of the parents to pull them from detrimental situations and do whatever they can to get them the hell up out of the way. Um, that's just what it's going to take. Uh, we can no longer sacrifice our children um, in these systems. Like, you know what I mean? Like we don't give people who don't know how to treat our children access to them. And we have to have that conversation. We got to get them up out of there. Go ahead, Miss Juliet, you were saying something? I was just agreeing with what you're saying. You cannot give people access to your children that don't understand your children, that don't have a relationship with your children. And, and that's the thing with teachers in, in the whole school school situation with having your child in school for eight hours a day. These people not there for our children. They actually, to me, seems like now they're there for a check. They don't mm. give a nothing. They don't give a crap about what happened to your child at all. It seems like it's worse than just about a check. Now it seems like it's an agenda to defranchise. Well, the school, the school system <laughs> is, an, is an agenda to, to help. Franchise your ass and get you totally out of the way. But that's what the school system is. It's, it's a part of the prison system. You know, mm. it's, it's just a little underground road to get up there to prison. That's that. line, rec time, chow time, lock back, clean. That hard dough with the small glass on it. Oh my gosh. But then you you have these folks, because I've seen, you know, Cap Radio covered the story that we were involved in a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I'm looking at the comments and I don't know why I'm reading the comments because I know half these people don't have half a brain. Um, but they were saying some stuff like, well, I've never known a black student to be suspended for nothing. I've never known what? a black student to um, to uh, be disciplined for no reason. Uh, I've never known, you know, and these people, they're just race baiters. Oh, these advocates, they're race baiters. They they just wanna, want black kids to get away with everything. And I'm like a simple Google search and, a re and reading of some reports and you could have answered your own questions. My job is not to feed the sheep I don't have the time for that, but it's very it's it's very um, evident that they like this th this education system the way that it is, and anybody who has the audacity to challenge them, they're like I I think he said something to me. He said he not gonna argue with no middle aged woman, and I'm looking around like, dude, I look younger than you. What you mean middle age? Does that mean more experience? Like with some sense? Like who raised you? He, he said, <laughs> Matt's about to have a condition. I don't know what's going on. Go ahead, Anaya. My question is during the Thank whole you. situation with Mikey and everything, um, who was there anybody other than Miss Loreen there by your side helping you? And after the situation, did anybody reach out for you? You're on mute, boo, boo So there in California, to be honest, my husband was there, but Lorraine and her family and her organization were the only ones that was fitted there because my family is from the East Coast. Um, but my family definitely showed emotional support, made sure my mother, my sister checked on us daily. You know, my mom was always sending Mikey stuff to cheer him up, as well as my sister. But Physically, it was just Miss Lorraine organization, BYLP. That that was that was who had our back. That's who held us down for a year. It was her. And I appreciate that all the way in. And any one of these parents that are online and your child come home and tell you something and you all know Miss Lorraine personally, 
or not personally you here online so you you're familiar with the organization reach out that's the first person you all need to reach out to not no other organization because when i spoke to her she immediately laid down what we're going to do even when i slipped up and messed up and allowed them to coerce me into like, taking stuff down she said i ain't mad we ain't gonna do it no more but i'm not mad and you know and it was just always uh a, a family thing with her she 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 kept me and mike as close to her as if we was her family so that's she, who was there for us y'all are my family what you mean we all that's related what, what you mean Listen, you didn't know us you didn't know us that's the first thing she's like hey y'all want to do this y'all want to do that and i'm just like oh okay yeah <laughs> well i didn't want you guys to fall into depression right like this right. is some really really heavy stuff so we right. got to karaoke in we went to eat sushi like anything that we could do to get them out of the house and, and to love on them intentionally we did that um because we had to keep them their spirits up because this is really heavy stuff and you know, if you don't have the right people in your corner, people will start to try to exploit you for your story or for monetary gain. And we don't do that. Um, we yeah. just wanted him to be okay. Um, and uh, I remember uh, when uh, you guys were about to leave and we all went to uh, Fixins. And <laughs> that was the first time in so long that I had seen Mikey eat a full meal. Right. Because the whole time you had him, when you all was doing intern, he wouldn't eat half of his food. And that's how he was at home. But it was just like, my baby was happy that he was leaving California. And I was sad a little bit because I wanted to, I wanted to keep him close, but uh, we ultimately, we know what it is. We had to get him up out of here. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm so excited that um, y'all have found a home, you know, home away from home, really. I don't want y'all to come back here. I want y'all to meet me in Atlanta in a couple of weeks. Um, but, <laughs> but I don't want y'all to come back here, uh, because this was not a safe space for y'all. And the band, uh, we in North Carolina a lot. Okay. What band? What band? Oh, that's we going to North Carolina? I'm saying that's what, oh, you in the band now? And we, I mean, you know, I could do some background. Say, oh. <laughs> well, I'm not doing that. Oh. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like. You know, when, when we know some place is not safe for our folks, it's, it's, you know, incumbent upon us to encourage them to, you know, go where, they, where they'll be taken care of. Um, and I had a chance to meet her mother over the phone and talk to the family and let them know that we had them while they was here. Um, but it, it was something to just get y'all up out of here. But I, I remember sitting and he was grubbing on that. Uh, what he had some chicken and waffles, Jada? No, it, yeah, yes. he, I, no, he had the chicken and macaroni and cheese mm -hmm. and, and uh, something else. Yeah, Ooh, oh. it sounds good. <laughs> well, when you come up here, I love Mr. Chicken. <laughs> it's a great Kool Aid. Oh, and they did have grape Kool Aid. I don't think he, that's what he had though. What did yeah, he have? Yeah, red? I had Kool Aid. I don't think he had grape. I think he had the red Kool Aid. Yeah, I have red too. But you, you gotta put, you gotta dilute that with water because with it's too water. much. You know, with with lots of water. Um, <laughs> But in terms of um, what you guys have going on, how's he doing in school now? How's he? Mike is doing fine. Um, at the end of last year, he left out of school with four A's, two B's. He was very proud of himself. And right now he have all straight A's. He's going to a performance art. Yeah, he goes to a performance art school. So he's hmm. doing the piano. And I got to meet him. him. He fought me not. He fought me on doing that piano. I literally had to go up to the school and change his schedule. I was like, "Son, I don't have you at the school for you to do no PE and no Spanish. You, are you gonna learn Spanish? Because it's mandatory. But your goal at this school is to learn these instruments to basically uh, have vocal training. So I I took him out of his elective that he wanted to do, which was art wow. and uh, PE. I put him in piano and chorus and i went to a performance art school and my mom put me in piano yeah so i'm classically oh, are trained you, are you are y'all are y'all kindred spirits what do you why, what we are that's why i'm like god who raised him juliet raised him <laughs> i gotta know him i i think i know him already 
Yeah, you don't he's know. doing the piano, and he's actually enjoying the piano. He. Uh, FaceTime me the other day when I, last Wednesday when I was at work Tuesday because he had piano lessons on Monday and Tuesday, and he was like, "Mom, listen to this beat I done made on the piano." I was like, "What, Mikey?" He said, "Just listen." And he said, "I don't know all the chords yet." He said, "But as I go along, I'm just making my own beats with a little bit of chords I know." And so, yeah, he's oh, enjoying man. piano, and next semester he'll be doing guitar. So, oh. <laughs> Yeah, so that's so he's enjoying school. He he's really enjoying school. So Matt Matt is acting that way. Matt plays the guitar. You about to have oh, him fall completely? No, because 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 when I when I when I when I got out of middle school, my mom put me in an art school. My mom was a gospel singer. My dad was a guitarist, and she was like, "You got to do an instrument." I started doing piano. I was classical trained, and I picked up guitar. So when you said that, my eyes lit up like yes, yes, yes. Because at least those performance art schools is still public schools, but the teachers there they got they have a they're a little more eclectic, and they are maybe a little more understand a lot more understanding than some of your traditional schools. I yeah, guarantee. well, he goes here in Florida. They took out of the performance art out of the school, so I, he's in a private school, and the private school is basically is based on performance art. They have academics half of the day, and the rest is just learning their performance. So, they have been mm. taking that out of schools lately. I've noticed that they've been yeah, taking they, they, not out of they no longer in the Florida school system. They're doing it everywhere in a lot of schools. Look, slowly but surely. I don't know why, but they're taking music away from the kids. It's, it seems real odd. It mm. is one of the most they, powerful things yeah, to make us culturally unite because music is a universal language. So we learn different cultures. We learn how to, you know, coincide with other people that are different with us through music. So it's just ironic that that's getting taken away too. Well, they're taking the music and the arts away and they're replacing it with SROs. And then you look Correct. at your, you look at your uh, arrest data, you look at your disproportionate discipline in most of these schools. A lot of times our kids are on the football, basketball teams, the sports teams. And when their season is over, they just become just another person. Uh, right yes. School yes. resource officers. Oh, SRO. I thought it was sorry for repeated offenders. Right. My bad. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess. <laughs> Matt. Wow. <laughs> so you know, in this school right here, they don't have any SROs. No, they don't. She don't. His his the owner of the school, which is the principal, she's Cuban. So they, she don't have any of no no police officers around her school or anything like that. All right. She handled everything inside the school, administrated herself. You know, so. Mhm. Mm it's a good school for him. That's what's up. I love to hear it. And and he is. Um, when he left here, I noticed that he. And I'm not gonna tell everybody his social media because then they'll go judge him. But he has <laughs> been. <laughs> Cause you know our young folks they be doing the most my kids just be staring she'd be staring in the in the mirror trying to look all sexy it's like for who what are you doing but anyway <laughs> see they wouldn't even know you was my kid wait 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 they wouldn't know you was my kid hold on wait a minute wait wait a minute hold on what you be doing what you be doing that little smile put your eyebrows up now stop smiling this is your model face but since he's left here, he's he's actually opened up for some of the bigger artists, right? He's been in there with uh, Rick Ross. Or... Rick Ross, he's opened up for Rick Ross. He's opened up for Kodak Black. He's opened up for Coleon. So he's he's getting there. Um, you know, as a mom, that was his first year, our first year here, which was still one year. I noticed, okay, so my, my, my Mikey is coming back out. My Mikey, I see you. You're doing too much, so let me pull you back. Let me pull you back. So I kind of put him on pause for performing and just let him focus on just going to the studio. And he's coming out with an EP, so that's what he's been focusing on right now. So, cause my Mikey, my Mikey, I know not this Mikey they tried to create, but my Mikey, I know he do the most. Like it's crazy. So he has this song got pop push it right. Listen, it's a little little little, little dance song. So before we got Look at Jada, Jada. Jada knows about it. After this show, after last week, 
he was like, I went on his Instagram. I said, oh, so I see you deleted all of your little um videos that those girls seen. He was like, yeah. Um, although I blocked Miss Lorraine so she couldn't see him. I don't want nobody else to go. <laughs> don't tell him I told you. See, here's the, here's, the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. He, he, because of this crap, he can't be afraid. Just be fearless and be. And him. he is. You, you know, know just, he has, you know, his moments. It's a damn shame they tried to do that to that boy. I feel like they knew listen. that. And they tried huh? to. Do no, that. I feel no, like they listen. Listen. Special. You can't be on probation having the videos of the girls twerking oh, and people not assume oh, that this is this is somehow toxic, you know. They they like to make different connections. So we have to yeah. be honest about that. Hey, I, I was trying to go, protect him. You better and rebrand. You you better tell him to unblock me. Listen, so when he post those, <laughs> right? I say. Mm. I say, I have an opinion. Mr. Rain, see those, she gonna get on you. He talking about I blocked her. She ain't gonna get on <laughs> I'm gonna take them off. And then so after the show, he was. I noticed he took them off. I said, why you took them off? He talking about they probably gonna try to find me on Instagram, and I don't want nobody to say nothing about the booty. I was just like, okay, my kids, okay. It's just wait. stupid. So they wanna get on wait, there and be wait. like, ha, gotcha, gotcha. You got people on there dancing. You an animal? Like really? Come on, give them a break. Wait, wait, and then and then I remember there was one video that somebody told me about. You was getting your dance on, sis. Y'all see me? Listen, see, that was look a at the mama, the mama dance. Don't turn your head, Jada. Do not turn <laughs> your head. So that was a practice run. And a practice run. Mikey likes to be Mikey. He gonna post it, and I didn't even do as well as I wanted to. It was supposed to be a practice run, but he as well as he wanted to. He Hold on. Did he tell you it was a practice it was a run? Or was it, it was really a, a practice run? run? It was a practice. I wanted to be. That's what he told her. That was a rough draft. It was a rough draft. He got you. Got you. I start seeing people on my Instagram like his little friends. I'm like, who is these people on my Instagram liking stuff? He done tagged me into it. I'm just like. I said, son, why did you post it? We was a, that was a practice one. He said that was funny, mama. Yeah, that was a funny one right there. So, got you. <laughs> that part, got you. Yeah. So I'm no longer doing TikToks with my kids. That's a wrap. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I did I want to it. share that at Fixins. Don't tell him I told y'all, but I was actually oh, a little right bit. Here. Dang it. Never mind. <laughs> Scratch everything I said. <clears throat> hey. What it is, superstar? What's up? Hey man, I'm a fan, bro. You said what? Like the real Michael I'm, I'm a fan, man. I'm a supporter, bro. You got, I'm a big supporter. Okay. Real Michael Jackson. So tell me why when the, the first time that I met him, which was at the little karaoke thing, I was like. JC, I told my cousins, like, doesn't he look like Michael Jackson, like the younger version, or am I tripping? Am I tripping? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, that's yeah. good. He came in he's, he's a good. He's a good. He's a good spirit. That was a. That was a perfect plug in. You popped up at the right time. I know, right? He popped up. At, that's what I just said. You came down at the right time. It's the artist in him. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so listen, y'all, we got like a minute and 20 seconds. So <laughs> we're glad to see you. You look great. I love your hair. Thank you. I love your hair too. Oh, don't you don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I plan to see y'all when we're in Atlanta coming up real soon. And, real soon. Uh, Jada's, Jada's going to do a, a TikTok in my stead because I ain't doing that. Um, <clears throat> we can do a TikTok together, me and you, Jada, because Mike is, he's not, he, he don't act right. He don't act right. He don't act right. What you know about <laughs> rolling right. down in the deep? No, Matt. No. no. <laughs> I was getting jiggy for like two seconds, and then you hit the high note. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was over after that. <laughs> Well, listen, we got 30 seconds, so thank y'all for joining us for this episode. Make sure you check us out next week, 4 o'clock, right here on Facebook and YouTube. 
make sure you visit our student store. None of us have our shirts on, but that don't matter because they're there and you can find them. Um, with that, let's go ahead and hit them with the wave. We'll see y'all next week. Raise these people, man. Thank you, Miss Juliet, for joining us again. Thank you for bringing us on, me on this time. Thank you. You're welcome. Mikey, we'll see you soon. Y'all take care. Bye. Love Love you.